1: Is there anything in life that Scripture is insufficient to deal with? The answer, of course, is no, and that's what we're looking at next, here on Truth For Today. Join us. The sufficiency of Scripture. That is what we're looking at here today on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. And no, we don't need psychology. We don't need anything else. If we are to believe God and His Word and the fact that He does say all Scripture is sufficient, eight ways the Bible is sufficient. That is the focus of our time over the course of most of this week. Please join us. We're in 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 3 and 4. That is where we catch up with Pastor Phil Howard on today's broadcast of Truth For Today. Nobody knows you but God and you. We think
2: we know you. Nobody knows you but God and you. And you don't know each other very good because you act crazy sometimes. And when you talk about the heart That it's a critic of the heart. If you said the heart of the sea. You're saying the center of the sea. Now when we say the heart of a man. We're not talking about this pump. God's not in the business of changing a physical organ. The heart in the Bible. Is the center of your being. Where you think. You choose and you feel. So your heart. You've got intellect, will, and emotion. And so when God said, I know your heart, he can say, I know how you're thinking. I know what you're choosing. And I know what you're feeling. I know your heart. Okay. What about my heart, Lord? First of all, I want you to know your heart is desperately wicked apart from me. Jeremiah seventeen nine. The heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Have you ever woke up on those days and, man, uh, I ought to leave my husband. I ought to leave my wife. Or that person doesn't like me. This person does. Or you, you get craziness going on. Say, where in the world is this coming from? Did you know what? If we locked up the devil, you'd still have crazy thoughts. Your heart. You read Matthew 15. What comes out of the heart? Something's baffling. When you get saved, you get a new heart, but it leaves the residue of the old one. It's still there. It's called the sin principle. I did get a new heart, and and that's what the prophet said, but I still have the residue left from the old one. Gives me fits once in a while. But he said, the Word of God, when I read it, and I'm being... Illumined by the Spirit, he would say, that's a wrong thinking. You're you're thinking wrong there. You're you're wrong about a brother, a situation. uh, God's forsaken you or whatever crazy thoughts going through your mind. And then a, a negative feeling. Because I feel bad doesn't mean I am bad. Because I feel like God doesn't care doesn't mean God doesn't care. He does care. Where is this coming from? God's word says, I'm cutting right through you. I'm the critic. I'm the discerner. I know what you're thinking. He said in Proverbs 24 that the fool always trusts in his own heart. Whoa. You you understand? Well, I just feel it. I just feel it that way. Well, what's that got to do with the truth? Well, I'm just sort of feeling this way. You're feeling like backsliding today? Yeah, it just comes over me. You've you've got to take that feeling by the throat and subject it to the Word of God. There's a story in Numbers 15. It is a tragic story. It goes this way. On the Sabbath day, you know, it can get cold in the desert. Have you ever been in the desert when it was cold? Well, Israel's out there marching, and at night it really gets cold. But on a Sabbath day, a young Jewish boy starts gathering sticks for a fire. It's reported to Moses. Guess what they do? Moses says, we got a cure for that, stoning. Whoa, that seems a little brutal. Uh, They were not politically correct. Whatever God said... They did. They took the boy, they stoned him. I mean, it seems brutal. But then, God said something to Moses. Moses, I want you to change the dress code for the nation. Change the dress code. How do you want us to dress, Lord? I want you to put blue tassel right here on the bottom of your robes. Blue tassel? How come? Every time you're tempted to follow your heart and not my word, I want you to be reminded of this boy we just stoned. My word is more precious than a 15-year-old boy collecting wood for a fire. It's Numbers 15. Change the whole dress code of them while they're in the wilderness. I want you to put up reminders When the devil and your heart are saying, don't do it God's way, don't do it God's way. You you see, listen to me, listen well right now, write this point down. Our God is dangerous. Now, you don't believe that. God is a dangerous being to be around. Only the cross has given you access. You could be killed in a minute. I just read in the life of David, when they brought the ark back from the Philistines, the men of Beth Shemesh wanted to look in the ark. God told them not to. What was God's response? He killed 50,000 Jewish men for looking in the ark. Who do you think you are, God? I'm God. When I say something, I mean it. You, you've tamed me into a tame Santa Claus. I am to be feared you would have no access to me if it wasn't for my son. But us grace believers can trivialize with how awesome, fearsome. You remember what he said? Remember, I'm a consuming fire. I'm dangerous to be around unless you want to obey. I give life. I take life. I bring plague, I take away plague. I am no one to be trivialized with. So he says, tell them to dress different so you don't follow your heart, but you follow God's word. That must be our guide. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Let's keep going. The Word of God is the voice of God to us today. Look at what he says in chapter 3, verse 7. The ever-present voice of God. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit is saying, it's a present tense in Greek. He is saying right now, and what he quotes happened 1,500 years ago. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, Their children got to go in because they didn't think that was possible. But said, your kids will inherit the promised land, but I want to kill you because you didn't believe me. Is that brutal? This is the God of the Bible. You didn't ask for our approval. Just know this is the way he is. He's awesome. I will not let you see the promised land. Because you murmured, you tested me, you didn't believe me. You grumbled from the time of the Red Sea till the time when you wanted to kill Moses. I'm fed up with what you've done. You will not get the promise. But I'll keep the promise. But I'll keep it to your children. Does that scare you sometime? If we don't believe God in our day, God may not do it for us. But he'll raise up a people he will do it for If you don't believe God, it won't change God. But it's going to change what happens in your life. Watch. Take care, brothers. Lest there be in you, any of you, an evil, unbelieving heart. Leading you to fall away from the living God. I thought all believers finish well. Here he's warning them, don't fall away from the living God listen to me. We talk eternal security. Let me tell you how they talked in the Reformation. This was the doctrine, not eternal security. All who have truly been saved by the grace of God will get evidence that they've been saved by the fact they persevered to the end. They may be tempted They may backslide, they may stray, they may have to repent, but the two sheep will say, I can't stay here, I know the shepherd's voice, I repent, and we're known because we persevere through thick and thin. That's the biblical doctrine. Not, I've got saved, I'm now going to backslide, live like hell, and keep claiming I'm going to heaven. Nope, it's not in the Bible. And I see believers well, I think they're saved because, you know, in junior church, they raise their hand. I w- don't, please, that doesn't save. You mean the saved quit living like they're saved? And you still call them saved? Not, not the New Testament. We're going to deal with you. I've had people come to this church that have fled from God. And I was so glad I didn't have to do the funeral because I had no assurance they were in heaven. And there were deacons. And there were officers. And there were this and that. You measured how did they end their race. Will you finish the race? And that's what he's warning them. You started. You made a profession. And now I'm talking to you. I'm warning you about your history. I'm afraid that you've got an evil heart. You're going to quit believing God. And the evidence of this, you're going to fall away. And then he says, let me tell you believers what you can do to help other believers finish. We need each other in the race. And watch what he tells them. But exhort one another. Encourage one another. Once a month. Every Sunday. What, what does your he say? He, he can't mean it, can he? You know, you only need church once a week. I, can't, I don't need to be hearing the word of God all the time. I'm a strong boy. No, you're not. You're going to be a deceived boy. But he's telling the church, encourage one another every day. Let me ask you, will you encourage anyone today to live for God? Today. Then let me ask you this. Who did you encourage last week? See, I grew up in church. We had testimony services. Anybody remember those? And let me tell you, sometimes they weren't too, too encouraging. Sister Smith had the same ailment every week. You know, and we'd hear the same story. I'm saved, sanctified, pray, I'll go all the way. Well, okay. But how about stand up with the word? My father taught me. But remember, he's an old, fogey Christian. He was a Bible-loving kind. One of those weird ones. He said, don't go to church without a verse. Don't go to church, and if they have testimony service, quote a verse. Don't tell them that you've got athlete's foot. (laughs) Tell them a verse. A verse. A verse a day. Will help keep the devil away. Do you know how to encourage anyone to live for God? I'm asking you. I want you to answer that. Because you can't obey the verse if you don't know how. I just live it my life. No, no. This is verbal. This is verbal. You got to say it. Don't tell me you love me in your heart and you don't say it. It's not my way. Well, it's God's way. God didn't just sit on the throne and say, well, I love them, but I'm not going to do a thing about them. I'm not going to talk to them. I'm not going to give my son, but I love you in my heart. Oh, my. You know, if you love me in your heart, you don't tell me. It's like winking to your girlfriend in the dark. It doesn't do much good. That's what he says. Listen to the word. Will you change your style for the word? Will the word determine what you do daily? And that means you quit griping. You quit saying anything negative that would discourage a believer. Hey, you're not always pampering. You're not having them sugar if you handle. Hey, brother, I got a word from God for you. And I don't need you to start acting like you're a prophet. Can you tell me what God said. And he said, tell them. Tell them. Because they're falling away. Falling away. Sometimes I'll I'll see a believer missing, and and I'll inquire, and I'll find out from some people. Well, you know they're in trouble, and I say, well, you've talked to them, haven't you? Oh, no, no, that's for you. That's for me. Did you see them in the fault? Yeah. What did you do? Well, you know, they'll have to figure it out. No, 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 no. That's not what the commander in chief of the church said. He told you and me, give a word. And I knew of a sister recently, been missing this church, this and that. And I inquired of different ones. No, not interested. I went to them. I said, I don't get paid to keep my mouth shut about your Christian life. What are you doing, girl? I'm concerned. I'm concerned. You're neglecting the household of faith. You're straying. You're backsliding. You're going to get in trouble. You're going to do something you never dreamed you can do. Who do you think you are not to be deceived? Did you know what? You on an average are deceived about a hundred times a day. Every morning I wake up. I got three liars in my life. I've got the flesh. I got the devil. And I've got the world. And if I don't watch out, I might get you. If you don't tell me what God is saying. I called my brother one time. I was discouraged. And I said, you know, I'm thinking about jumping off a bridge. And he came back with a great verse. He said, well, get a short bridge and it'll go easier. I said, David, what verse did you have for that? So I don't call him too much when he's desperate. Who would you call if you were discouraged? Huh? A short bridge jump? No, no, no. We need a clear word. And that's what he's saying. It's desperate. Lives are dependent on us encouraging. And this is on Sunday. He says when you meet together as a body of believers, you ought to exhort each other to love and to good works. That's for sure. But here, this is a daily struggle. Because we're being lied to. We're being lied to. We're being lied to. Every day we're lied to. Lied. Lied. What made you leave your wife? I believed a lie. What made you get into this problem? I believed a lie. Why did you get this out of it? Why did your heart get so hardened? I believed the lie. I listened to the tempter. I listened. I listened. I'm used to being lied to and I bought it. And now I'm a product of lies. And your life is in shambles. Oh, dear child of God, we don't have time to look at Ephesians that says the word of God is your only weapon against the assault of Satan. He doesn't fear you. Even Michael, when he rebuked the devil, said, The Lord rebuke you. Because he knew as an angel, he couldn't get the devil to do anything. But he said, I'm going to tell you, the Lord Jehovah that made you rebuke you, Satan. And he had to obey. And he didn't get the body of Moses. The Lord rebuke thee, Satan. It is written. I will obey God. I don't want to make bread if God doesn't want me to eat bread. I'm hungry. The situation says eat, meet my need. But God has not given me permission. I'm here to obey. I'd rather go hungry and be obedient than immediately try to meet my own need and step out of the will of God. Some of you might be wrestling with the will of God right now. You're being tempted. You're in the middle of a strategy of maybe sin. An attitude toward a believer. Towards a mate. Towards something going on. The spirit is critiquing you. Give this up. Flee that. And you've got this wrestling match. The word of God. And you cling to it. And stand in the evil day. And say Satan. This is what the word of God says. I stake my life on it. And he finally said in First Corinthians 11. If you judge yourself. You will not be judged by the Lord. You know what that means? He's talking about the Lord's Supper. He says, if you will judge your attitude. He said, God won't have to kill you or make you sick like he did believers at Corinth. He wants us to judge our own attitude, our own behavior. And and he said, I'm going to judge the world, but I give you the privilege of judging yourself. I'd rather be alone with the Lord to admit I got a crazy thought, a wrong motive, than to have to have you come up and point it out. Because if we don't deal with it in private, it will come out in public. Jesus says what you do in a secret place will be shouted from the housetops. Makes you almost afraid to take a shower. So I'm going to expose you. I'm going to expose you. What are you? What are you? I saw you wink at that woman. I saw you cheat on that income tax. I saw you slight that brother. I am alive. You remember I'm alive and active. And my eyes go to and fro throughout the earth. Searching the hearts of men and women. God knows. God knows where you are today. And let me say this. You've got a sufficient tool. To grow in Christ, to defeat the enemy, and to be delivered from the lies, the lies, that this culture and your heart tells you all the time. You are what God says you are. You're worth what God says you're worth. And this, the greatest thing Olstein says is his opening words. This is the Bible. I am what it says. I've hey, Joel, you got it from your father. It's the best part of your host sermon. That the Bible... The Bible is the absolute sufficient word for you to make the journey. If you don't get acquainted with it, you'll wash away. And you will will be a pygmy in the church of God. When we need soldiers, you'll become a casualty. Cling to his word. Cling to his word. Father, we're grateful you've given us a sure word. A sure word. Help us to know it, to love it, to meditate upon it. And do like James says, stand long enough in front of it for it to critique us and tell us we need to wash up. We need a cleansing of our conscience, our mouth, our behavior. Make us clean before you, Lord, not just in the blood, but by the cleansing effects of your word. We bless your name. Help us to cling to the Word of God no matter what the winds of time are blowing. The Word of God will last. Men are passing like the grass of the field, but the Word of the Lord endures forever. And His people said, Amen.
1: And you're listening to Truth for Today with Pastor Phil Howard the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. As we close out our broadcast today, we would invite you to contact us. Let us know how the program encourages you in Christ and how this program is being used by you on a daily basis. Are we just a normal part of your radio listening? Do you tap into our resources available at our website? Have you visited our church? These are things we would love to hear from you. Take a moment, call or write to us today. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. You're also welcome to visit our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Take advantage of the resource materials I mentioned a moment ago. We have several. Again, truthfortodayradio.org. You'll also find information about Valley Bible Church right there as well, who we are, what we believe, worship times, services, and directions to the church. We'd love to have you join us, especially if you're not involved in a church at this time. Again, that's truthfortodayradio.org. If you're writing to us, our address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278 hercules california the zip code is 94547 and then as we conclude our time together today we would also invite you to partner with us this radio broadcast and the many resources that accompany it are available as you partner with us as you link arms with us financially and prayerfully no gift is too small no gift is too large and you can do a one-time gift or make monthly pledges No matter, we'd love to have you be a partner with us as we continue to minister the gospel of Christ to the Bay Area and beyond. So contact us today. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. And you can also donate online at truthfortodayradio.org. That's truthfortodayradio.org. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. We look forward to seeing you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today.